All right, Jabosai, good morning. Good morning. Let's begin by thanking our sponsors. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors. Sorry. For... One second. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Kislev, Sammy and Malka Esterson for dedicating the Shurman Joshals this month in memory of their parents, commemoration of the yard sites, Yitzchok Leib Ben Aaron Akoin, Lodwog Stiefel, Sarah Rachel Bas Baruch Avram, Sarah Stiefel, Hinda Bas Hanach Ephraim, Hinda Esterson. We hope that under the merit of our Talmud Torah. The Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the family a Nechama. We thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Paul and Kathy Pollock, for dedicating the Week of Learning in memory of Paul's sister, Simona Julie Pollock, Zachrini Shulamis Bas Shmuel. We all been in the merit of our Tamatora. And the Sham will have an Aliyah and the family in the Chama. And to thank Josh and Malki Rosenblum for dedicating the share this morning in honor of their son Yehuda putting on tefillin today. Mazel Tov. To see much nachas from Yehuda as he grows to become a bar mitzvah. Mirat Hashem may have esim shalom tovos. But with that, let us begin. Today's daf is Chav Test 29. We have a beautiful and incredible daf out of us. Just a little bit of the plan for this week. Emirat Hashem, as you know, this is the last week of Rosh Hashanah. Emirat Hashem, we are going to finish the Masechta. The Masechta actually finishes on Shabbos. I'm not going to be here Shabbos. I have a family simcha. Which my brother's making a bar mitzvah the Shabbos. So, uh, thank you, thank you. So our goal, Emirat Hashem, is we're actually going to finish the Gemara Emirat Hashem on Erev Shabbos. So you will notice again, the last half of the Masechta is only a little piece, is only a little piece of now, to be clear, that does not mean that Shabbos, it's not an off Shabbos. Right? I want to be very clear about that. It's not an off Shabbos. But what it will do is give you an opportunity to chazer a little bit, to get ready for Masechus Tainus, and then Amir Tashem will start, will be back from Sunday morning. We'll never miss the beginning of Tainus. We'll start Tainus and Amir Tashem together on Sunday morning, but that's going to be our plan. So, and we'll see what happens with, with Reb Tzaddik this week in Amir Tashem. We love Reb Tzaddik, we need Reb Tzaddik, but uh, we may have to, we'll, we'll play with the schedule a little bit. So, we'll say, with that, let us begin. This coming attraction. So, it's going to be a, an exciting, rigorous, uplifting week. So, we'll say, today's daf is Choftes, 29. And we are picking up on the bottom of Chavches on the base 28b. Literally the last couple of words. I'm going to be zero the Shamei. So we'll send yesterday's daf. Yesterday's daf. We were learning. Yesterday was it was was. It was challenging here in the afternoon. It was a very, it was a very tired daf. It was a very mamish, but uh, but Bar Hashem, we, uh, we we did it. We did it. So the Gemara. So we must remember again. We were talking about the din of kavano. What level of kavano? What level of concentration is necessary? And remember, there's two dimensions of kavano. There's kavano of what we call the shomea, the person listening to the tikkias, and what, what the Gemara calls the mashmia, which we would call the baltokea. Person blowing the chauffeur. So the Gemara says as follows: I'm the Rabbi Zera Shamei. Rabbi Zera said to his attendant, top of Chavtas, Echavein Vitokeli, do me a favor, go ahead and have Kavana and blow the chauffeur for me. Look at Rashi, top Rashi Chavtas and Dalif, Echavein Vitokeli, Tiskavein Litkoa Bishmi, Lotini Dechobasi. So this is very interesting. So Rabbi Zera said to his attendant, who also apparently was his Baltokea, blow the chauffeur. And have in mind to be motzi me. In other words, have in mind specifically for me. So what do you see from here? What you see from here is, interestingly enough, it's not enough just for the listener to have kavana, but what? 
the Baltokeo also has to have Kavana. Both parties have to have Kavana. So the Gemara says, Mesiyar is a Kasha, Haya over Achori Beisak Neses, Oshaya Beisak Samachal Beisak Neses, Shamakal Shofar, Komagila. This is the Mishnah. Yeah, what's wrong with the Mishnah? The Mishnah made it sound like if you happen to be walking by the shul, or your home is next to the shul, and you hear them blowing shofar, you hear them blowing shofar, what's the halacha, or Megillah for that matter, imkiving libo yatsa, ve'imlav lo yatsa. Halacha lamaisa, if you had kavana, to be yotze with the tekiyas coming from the shul, you're yotze. And if you don't have kavana, meaning you being the, the shomea, the listener, then you're not yotze. So the Gemara says, but one second. Interestingly enough, the Mishnah only discusses Kavana from whose perspective? From whose perspective? From whose perspective? The Shomea, the listener. So the Gemara says, the and Libo, my hobby, But who, even if I, the listener, have Kavana, the Batokea in the Shul doesn't have Kavana for me. And it sounded like, based on this episode with Rabbi Zera, that both parties have to have Kavana. Both the Shomea, the listener, as well as the Batokea. Yet, when you, li- when you read the Mishnah, the Mishnah only seems to put the obligation of Kavana ultimately upon the Shomea, the listener, and not the Mashmia, the Batokea. To which the Gemara says, Oh, Haha B'Shliach Tzibor Askinon. I will say, what are we talking about? What's the case in the Mishnah? The case in the Mishnah is not just any Stam Baltokea, but rather this guy is the Shliach Tzibor. He is appointed to blow the shofar on behalf of the Kehila. And I will say, when you are a, when you are a Shliach Tzibor, the Daite Akule Alma. Ultimately, again, you have in mind to be Motzi anyone who is going to hear you. So I will say, this is actually a very important halacha on a, on a number of levels. So first of all, in general, the way it works is the baltokeh, the person blowing the shofar, has this level of kavana. His specific intent is as follows, that I have in mind to be motzi, anyone who is going to hear my tekios. Right, that's, how, that's the kavana that a baltokeh has before he blows the shofar. Now the interesting part about that is, that's obviously a certain degree of non-specific intent, Right, but you could have that level of kavana, that, and that's Shukhna, Mishnah Bura brings it down. That that's the kavana the Baltokea has to have before he blows the shofar. Also, tell you something else. It tells you what it means to be a shliach tzibur, and this is why you know it's a little bit different today. But you know, when you look at the Shukhna Aruch, there are so many halachos concerning who should be the shliach tzibur. Who should be the, right? What, what does it mean to be a shliach tzibur? And part of the din of being a shliach tzibur is you cannot have negative feelings towards anyone in the tzibur. It's hard to find Shluchet Tzibar, right? You know, it's, you know, yeah, but, but, but why? But why is that? Because the din of a Shaliach Tzibar is the daite akule alma. We'll say, it's, it's, it's again, that's why you know, having a sweet voice is one part of it, but being a Balmidos Tovos, being someone who's Mu'urvim Abrios, being someone who's able to get along with people, that is a din in being a Shaliach Tzibar because when you're a Shaliach Tzibar, when you're a Shaliach Tzibar, the daite akule alma, your das has to be for everyone who's being yotzeh with you. That's the Baltokea, that's the Shliach Tzibor. And also the truth is, I think you could extend it. What it also represents is anyone, you see the Shliach Tzibor is in a position of leadership and authority, right? The Shliach Tzibor leads the Tzibor, leads the Tzibor from the Amid. And the truth is, it's any time that a person is in a position of authority, a position of leadership, it only works if didaite akule Alma, the Dari Alma, that you have to have Das to serve everyone. You see, sometimes the difference between elected officials 
elected officials, and let's say leadership, communal leadership, Jewish leadership, any communal leadership, is elected officials, all you need is 51%, right? That, that's all you need. And the other 49%, the truth is it actually doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In Jewish leadership, in communal leadership, the din, whether you're, you're, either you're the shliach tzibor or you're any other kind of leader, you can't make everyone happy. You can never make everyone happy. But my das, my das has to be that I want to serve everyone. Can I serve everyone? Will I serve everyone? Will I be able to impactfully lead everyone? Probably not. Probably not. But my das is akoli alma. So therefore, I both say, what the Gemara is suggesting is as follows. There's essentially two different types of balat which is really amazing. There's a shliach tzibur balat and there's a private balat Rabbi Zira's case was a case of a private balat So in a private balat where Rabbi Zira says to his attendant, blow the shofar for me, that, love, that type of Baal requires what we'll call reciprocal kavana. The Shomer, the listener, has to have kavana, and the Mashri, the Baal has to have kavana. In what we'll call, a, bless you, a communal Baal or better stated, a Shliach Tzibor Baal that type of person has in mind that Allah Chalamaisa, anyone who hears his kolos, is going to be Yote with his kolos. Incredible. Tashma, Niskavin Shuradon, Niskavin Mashmiya. Bless you. If Allah Chalamaisa, the listener had Kavana and the Baltakia did not, or Niskavin Mashriya, Niskavin Shomeya, or the Baltakia had Kavana and the listener did not, Lo Yatza. Adshi is kavin shomea umashmia. Bose so again, Bryce says, up until, sounds like over here, everyone needs kavana. Katani mashmia dumya de shomea. So interestingly enough, in this Bryce we are equating the shomea, the listener, with the bal tokea. The Gemara says, ma shomea, shomea liatzmo. Just like the shomea, who is he listening for, Bose? Right? Who is the listener listening for? Himself. Af mashmia mashmia liatzmo. So to the baltokia in this particular brayso is also someone who's blowing privately. In other words, he's blowing for an individual. Vekatani lo yatsa. So I will say. So again, the gemara is highlighting this distinction. It's fascinating between what we'll call a private baltokia versus a communal baltokia. A private baltokia requires reciprocal kavana, and ultimately communal baltokia. We ha- we assume that since he's a shliach tzibor. So tonight, Gemara says, in reality, this is a machlokias tanoim. This anyo, shomea, shomea liatzmo, umashmiya, mashmiya lefidarko. Supposed to listen to this lashin. So the Gemara says, a shomea has to have, right, the listener has to have specific intent to be yose. But the mashmiya, mashmiya lefidarko. Supposed to say, what does mashmiya lefidarko mean? The baltokea, he doesn't have in mind for someone specific. Who does he have in mind for? Lefidarko means whoever hears him. Whoever hears him. In other words, his kavana is, I am willing to be motzi anyone who hears my tekiyas. So, when is this true? B'shliach tzibor. Oh, when is that true? With the Baal Tokeo, who is a shliach tzibor Baal Tokeo. Aval b'yochid lo yotza. But I will say, if halacha l'maysa, if halacha l'maysa, I'm just going ahead and being motzi. I'm not about to being motzi. He's just one other person. Lo yotza achi is kaven shomea umashmiya. So both say, it turns out that the maskun of the Gemara is something amazing. In a case of a private baltokea, private baltokea, and when I say private baltokea, means there's one shomea, there's one mashmiya. Or by the way, it doesn't just have to be one, right? Private baltokea, both say, is what type of situation? Anytime where what? There's a clearly defined group. Clearly defined group. In that case, halacha lemaisa, that requires reciprocal kavana. 
in the Shliach Tzibor Baltokeya. It's on the Siddha Baltokeya's Kavana is, his Kavana is, whoever hears my call. So we'll say, can I tell you where this comes up every single year? It's the following situation. You have a Baltokeya who then goes to blow shofar for someone in their house afterwards. So this is incredible. If the Baltokeya blows shofar in Shul, his Kavana is, I'm willing to be mozi anyone who hears my kolos. When he shows up, you know, at uh, Mrs. Schwartz's house after davening to blow shofar for her, he has to have specific kavana for her. So it's really, and, and again, if he doesn't have specific kavana for her, in fact, again, it may actually be a problem in her ability to discharge the obligation. So same baltokeya, but same baltokeya serving in two different capacities: a communal baltokeya versus a private baltokeya. I'm saying, and again, the Shulchan Aruch writes this. Shulchan Aruch writes this. And the Shulchan Aruch says, this is in Tav Kuf Pei Tes, Sif Tes, Tav Kuf Pei Tes, Sif Tes, Misha Takav and Iskavi Lahotzi, Kala Shomea Tkiyaso, Vishama Shomea and Iskavi Lahotzi, Dechabaso, Afa Pish in a Tokea, Miskavi Laploni, Zesh, I'm sorry, Afa Pish in a Tokea, Miskavi Laploni, Zesh, Shomea Tkiyaso, Vene Yodea, Yotza, Shari Niskavi Lahotzi, Lachomi Shishma'enu. So both say, so Halacha Lamaisa, the Shulchan Aruch writes this, that if somebody blew the, sho- the Baltokea blew the shofar and he has intention, whoever hears my tikkias, I have das to be motzi whoever hears it. Now the Chiddush is, this Baltokea doesn't know what, doesn't know what, he doesn't know who's going to hear, he doesn't know who's in shul, he doesn't know who's passing by the open window, he doesn't know, but nevertheless his kavan is to be motzi anyone who hears his tikkias, Shulchan Aruch says it works. So I'll say, what I just want to point out is something very interesting, according to this approach, and, and then we'll move on. So if you were to walk by shul, if you were to walk by shul, and you walk by the windows are open, and you hear tekiah shofar, you hear tekiah shofar, are you yotze? Yes, you yotze. If you were to walk by Mrs. Schwartz's house after davening, and the baltokeh is you walk, and the windows are open, are you yotze? No. Now, could it be that in that case, the Baltokea all said Kavana to be Mozi? Yes. But, I'm sorry? So you, you could get, meaning, Menachem's time, that every Baltokea should just in general have Das, that whenever you're blowing chauffeur, just have in mind. You know what I say to that? People should have in mind a lot of things, right? All, all, all the time. Yes, right? The answer is it could work. But situationally, we are assuming that when you're blowing in a private house, you're blowing dafka for that person, and not for the tzibur. So again, just really fascinating. So that's why, again, I'm about to say, now you go back to the Mishnah. Now you understand the, the Mishnah's case is very specific, right? The Mishnah doesn't say you're walking outside and you hear tzikiyah shofar, right? What's the Mishnah's case? You're walking by a shul. You're walking by a shul and you hear tzikiyah shofar in kiven libo. If you have kavana tzibiyotze, you're yotze. See, because again, all we need is for you to commit. Because the shliach, the baltokeh has already committed. Because it is blowing in shul, he has a din of a shliach tzibor. He has a mind to be motzi, anyone who will hear us tzikiyas. Incredible halacha. We'll say mishnah. Beautiful, beautiful mishnah. Vayokasha yore moshe yado, vigavar yisrael. So I will say, the, the gemara now quotes, actually, I want to say something beautiful. It's not so often that you have a gadata in the mishnah. So it's always very exciting when we see an Agarata Mishnah. So the Mishnah says as follows, Vasher Kasha Yare Moshe Yadov Vigavar Yisrael. So we'll say the Pasuk is talking about the war with Amalek. 
And the Pasik says, I'm sorry, Yado. Vayakasha Yare Moshe Yado Vigarvar Yisrael. When Moshe Benu would raise his hands, we also remember the story. Mo, right, Mo, Moshe sends Yoshua to lead out the army. Moshe Rabbeinu was perched on a mountaintop overlooking the battle. And the Pasik says, Moshe Rabbeinu would raise his hands. The Gavar Yisrael. Ultimately, again, Cloud Yisrael would be victorious. The Chasher Yaniach Yado. When Moshe would lower his hands, Amalek would win. So it says the Mishnah, Do Moshe Rabbeinu's hands, do his hands determine the outcome of war? What does that mean? Moshe Rabbeinu's hands are up, outstretched, Chal Yisrael wins. Moshe Rabbeinu's hands are down by his side, Amalek wins. Are the hands of Moshe the determinant of the success in battle? El Alomer teaches an incredible lesson. This is so beautiful. Moshe Rabbeinu's hands were not in ends. They were a means to channel Cloud Yisrael's hearts heavenward. When Moshe Rabbeinu had his hands outstretched, he was pointing towards Shamayim. And he was saying, Cloud Yisrael, put your faith in the Ribbono Shal Olam. And when a Yid puts his faith in the Ribbono Shal Olam, he could overcome any Amalek. The hands were the channel. They got Klal to look upward. They love. But if Klal did not put their faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, <coughs> no flim. Unfortunately, again, we are unsuccessful in the battles of life. We both say, by the way, why is this Mishnah here? Why is this Mishnah here? Because what was the last topic? What was the last topic? Kavana. Kavana, right? Yes, but it was, a, it was about Kavana. That's the topic of this Mishnah. Kavana. Moshe Rabbeinu, when his hands are outstretched, he's saying, Klav Yisrael, put your kavana, put your faith, put your concentration in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When Klav Yisrael did that, they're successful. When they don't do it, we're unsuccessful. I will say, also, if you think about it, by the way, it's so beautiful. Let's read one more example. The Gemara says, a similar idea, Ata Omer, v'sim oso So I will say, the Pasuk says over here, that go ahead, make a serpent, and put it on a pole. So we'll say, this is talking about one of the times that Cloud Yisrael complained against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In the desert, there was a plague or an outbreak of snakes, fiery serpents. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu, make a serpent, a copper serpent, wrap it around the pole, and you should do as follows, Anyone who got bitten by a snake or a scorpion, let them look, what we call the Nechushtan. Let them look at this copper snake on the pole, and they will live. So the Gemara says, but I don't understand. Mishnah says, I don't understand. Looking at a copper serpent determines if you're going to live or die. You see, the Nechushtan, the copper serpent, was perched at a height. So the idea is you are supposed to look up at the serpent and then by extension look up to Shamayim. When Klausel looks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we give our hearts over to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we were healed. But if not, ultimately again, we would not be healed. We would die. So both say, so two examples, the same ideas, the hands of Moshe and the Nechushtan, the copper serpent, neither of them affected success on their own, but rather what were they? They were a physical medium, so as to allow Klan Yisrael to look up at Abbas. So you see this theme in Yiddishkeit. Where else do you see this? In another positive way, Tchelas. Right? Why do we wear Tchelas? Why do we wear the blue string on tzitzis? So the Gemara Masechah Menachah says, Tchelas, Domelayam. 
Right? The Tres resembles the sea. Yam Domela Rakia. The right, the sea resembles the heavens. And Rakia Domela Kisiha Kavid. And the heavens resemble the throne of glory. So the idea is look so we'll say, so why don't we save a lot of time? Why don't you just say just look up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Moshe Rabbeinu said, went through the whole hands, up, down, up, down, up, down. Why don't you just go ahead and say, you want to be successful in war, look to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. People are afflicted with snake bites. Why not just go ahead and say, look to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be healed? Because Rabbi said, the Mishnah is teaching us, and the Torah is teaching us, an incredible Yisod in Ruchnius. Most people can't go from earth to Kisya Kavid in one moment. Right? Most people can't go from where I am right now to a deep and meaningful connection with HaKadosh Baruch <gasps> Ruchnius only works when you take it in stages. Right? That's why, again, we're going to come to it this week's parasha. Uh, this week's parasha. Vayetzi Yaakov, right? Yaakov Avinu has his dream. Vinei Sulam Mutzav Artsa. And the Bashant of HaKadosh says, why a ladder? Because in Ruchnius, life is all about a ladder. It's a ladder. One rung at a time. When we know this, because there are times where we get super excited about Yiddishkeit, and we want to go right to the Kisiyah Kavit, and then generally what happens? Right? You fall big time. Big time. The whole you sort of successful Ruchnius is small, steady steps. I may not be able to move as quickly as I'd like to, but what I do move, what I do accomplish, I'm able to retain. This is what Moshe Ben was teaching Chalal Yisrael by Amalek. Look at my hands, look at my hands, follow my hands up to the heavens. Look at the Nechushta and the Copper Serpent, follow it up to the heavens. Look at the Treles, look at the sea, look at the heavens, then you'll get to Kisiyah covered. Ruchnius requires slow and steady steps. The difference why often we lose interest is because often we just want that spiritual kick, right? I want that inspiration, I want that feeling of accomplishment all at once. And like anything else in life, small and steady steps may not give you that elated inspiration every moment. But small and steady steps are the secret to success in one's ruchnius. So the Yemar goes right, Mishnah goes right there. So I'll say, Cheresh is a deaf mute. Shota is someone who is insane. Now, again, we'll, we'll define these terms, but really, it's the cotton and a child. The common denominator, we always group these three people together. Chashu, Cheresh is because they are assumed to lack mental capacity. That's the idea over here. So these people cannot be motzi anyone in Tikiyah Shofar. Right? Remember again, because they're not obligated, they can't be motzi. Zach, well, here's the rule. Anyone who is not obligated in a particular mitzvah cannot go ahead and discharge anyone else from that obligation. I will say, not unique by Shofar, that's a din in Gan's Torah. Says the Gimar. Here we go. Kol chayavim betkiyah shofar. Kohanim levim v'Yisraelim gerim va'avadim mishukron v'tundum androgynous. Umish chetzav chetzavar. Listen, listen to this list. Everyone is chayiv betkiyah shofar. Kohanim levim Yisraelim gerim converts avadim mishukronim. Then we'll say, what are avadim mishukronim? What are they? Jews. They're emancipated avadim kenanim who effectively become Jews afterwards. V'tumtum. We'll say now what's now tumtum and androgynous. Tumtum, what's a tumtum? Tumtum is a person who has a membrane covering the reproductive organs. So ultimately, again, unknown gender. Unknown gender. Androgynous, androgynous, ultimately, again, is someone who has both male and female qualities. Character, not, not qualities, physical characteristics. And 
No, no, no conversing about this, right? And ultimately against someone who is half Evet, half free. Well, see, how do you have a case of half Evet, half free? We're an Evet owned by partners, and one partner emancipated his chilek, the other partner did not. So let's go through this list. Here we go. So the Gemara says, Tumtum, Eino Motsi Loas Mino, Sheino Mino. So what's is very interesting. A Tumtum cannot be Motsi anyone. Now, why can't a Tumtum be Motsi anyone? Because you see, a tumtum, a tumtum, the difference is, is either what? Is either what? A man or a woman. We just don't know which one. In other words, the, the tumtum, the tumtum is gender specific. Just because there's a membrane that's covering up the, the sexual organs, the reproductive organs, we don't know what it is. But it's either a man or a woman. So the problem is, you can have two tumtums, two tumtums, and what? One of them is a man, one of them is a woman, but you don't know. So Allah Khalamaisa, Tumtum cannot be can never be Moti someone else because we're not sure of the gender of the Tumtum. Next, androgynous moti as mino valois mino. They're very interesting. We'll say, so now, an androgynous. What's an androgynous? What's an androgynous? So both. An andro- so interestingly enough, an androgynous can be Motsi another androgynous. Why? Why? Because they're the same. They're the same. But androgynous can't be motzi anyone else. Listen to this. What about someone who's half evet, half free? Interesting. A chazi evet, chazi ben chorin cannot be motzi anyone. Why not? Not even another chazi evet, chazi ben chorin. Why? Because this is very interesting. Because the problem with the chazi evet, chazi ben chorin is that if he blows the shofar, part, so to speak, part of that call emanates from a free man who's obligated. And part of that call emanates from an Eved who's not obligated. See, he can't be motzi anyone because that is not a pure call of obligation. Not only that, he can't even be motzi another chatzi Eved chatzi ben chorin. Why? Because we'll say, a chatzi Eved chatzi ben chorin, in order to satisfy the obligation of chatzi ben chorin, has to hear a call that is a thousand percent kosher. But if the call comes from someone else who's a chatzet chatzet ben chorin, that call is compromised as well. Pretty amazing. So we'll say, okay, so the Bryce said, everyone is chayev in shofar, kohanim leviyem Yisraelim. Okay, in other words, that's pretty obvious. We'll say, can you imagine, what are we going to say? All of Kral Yisrael is chayev in tekiah shofar, except for kohanim leviyem Yisraelim. Right? Okay, if these guys aren't Chayev, who's that? That's Klal Yisrael. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Kohanim is Chayev. The truth is, you're right. The Havamina is for Kohanim. That's through the Havamina. That, the truth is, you might have thought that Kohanim should be parted from Tkiah Shofar. Why? Listen to this. The Pasik says it by Rosh Hashanah, it should be Yom Teruah. Man delese ele betkiah dechad yom ahudim Chayev. I might have thought, Who's chayiv in Yom Trua? The kind of person who only has Trua once a year. Right? The kind of person who in his life only has Tkiah Shofar once a year. However, Vahani Kohani hold the Isnu B'Tkiyas Tchoshana. Kohanim, they have Tkiyas all the time. Tchsev, Utekatem Bechatzotros Al Olo Sechem. Every single time you bring an Ola, they're blowing the Chatzotros. So Kohanim are Shaykh Titkiyas all of the time. Maybe they don't have a Chiyav on Rosh Hashanah. Therefore, again, the Gemara says, Kamash no. Kamash even Kohanim who have the Tikiyos all of the time will still be Chiyav in Rosh Hashanah. So what are you talking about? Me, dummy, Hasim Chatzotros, Hacha Shofar. 
By the olos, they're blowing chatzot shofar. They're blowing trumpets, not a shofar. So the Gemara says, "Ela itzdrik saradaitcha amina holu tinan shavel hayovel the rashan t'kiel the brachas." So we'll say, since we learned before in the Mishnah that yovel is compared to Rosh Hashanah for tikkia and for brachas, right? We saw this all the brachas except for the ones that refer to creation, which doesn't apply in Yom Kippur of Yovel. So I might have thought as follows. So since there is this connection between Rosh Hashanah and Yovel, I would have said as follows. One who has, I'm sorry, one who has a mitzvah, one who performs the mitzvah of Yovel, or shayach to the mitzvah of Yovel, should be chayiv in the mitzvahs of Rosh Hashanah. However, the Hani Kohanim hov lesnu mitzvah Yovel. Both say, Kohanim have no shaykhus to Yovel. Why do Kohanim have no shaykhus to Yovel? Listen to this. This is fascinating. The Gemara says, This not Kohanim uleviyim mochrim the olam, the golem. Both say, this is incredible. Kohanim and Leviim have different, have different halachas when it comes to land redemption. See, I will say, depending on the type of land, right, the, the property you sell. So, for example, selling fields is one halacha, there's a window of redemption. Or I should say, you can't redeem it before two years go by. Homes in walled cities, you can only redeem it the first year after the sale. These halachas don't apply to Kohanim Levim. Kohanim Levim have a right of redemption at all times. At all times. So you might have thought that since Kohanim and Levim, the Gemara is calling that, that the halachas of Yovel, don't apply to Kohanim and Levim. So you would have thought that since the halachos of Yovel don't apply to Kohanim and Levim, therefore, therefore, maybe they shouldn't be chayav in the tekiyas of Rosh Hashanah as well. Kamash Malon, no. Kamash Malon, I will say they do. And that's why the, Mish- the Brayse says, or the Mishnah said, excuse me, uh, the Brayse said, sorry, that Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim are chayiv in tekiyah shofar. Incredible. Mich shechatziyav evet v'chatziyav et rosei, first of the, of the wide lines on the bottom. Long daf, Baruch Hashem. Misha Chetzev and Chetzev and Chorin. Ainam Alti Lost Mir of Lashi. So, again, we saw in the Mishnah that a Chetzev and Chetzev and Chorin, right? Half slave, half free man, cannot be Motsi anyone. Not even, not even another Chetzev and Chetzev and Chorin. You understand why? Remember, the Chetzev and Chetzev and Chorin is very interesting because the part of him that's a Ben Chorin can only be Yotu with a Tkia Shofar that is absolutely halachically sound. So the problem is that when a chatzev chatzib ben chorin blows the shofar, in that kol is mixed in what? Is mixed in what? Chiyav and pater, Evan and ben chorin. So you might have thought that chatzev chatzib ben chorin, they can make their own minion right, blow for each other. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So the Gemara says, that this is incredible. Am Rafuna, Ula Atzmo Motzi. This is fascinating. Rafuna says, but a chatzib ben chorin can be Motzi himself. In other words, he could blow the shofar for himself. I don't think so. So let's analyze this. Why can't the Chatsi Abed Chatsi Ben Choren blow shofar for another Chatsi Abed Chatsi Ben Choren? Because again, the part of him that's an Eved cannot be Motsi, the other part of the guy that's a Ben Choren. Rabbo said, this is wild. So ultimately, Rav Nachman says, Rav you're wrong. A chatsi evet chatsi ben chorin can't even blow the shofar for himself. Why not, Rabbo said, this is incredible. Because for the chatsi evet chatsi ben chorin, the part of him that's a ben chorin needs what kind of call? What needs what kind of call? A pure, halachically sound call. The problems of Bosei, 
when the chatsi ever chatsi mincharu, when he produces a call, when he when he blows the shofar, that call is a mixture of an eved and a ben chorin. See, I will say what an incredibly profound yisod. Sometimes in life, you can be so compromised that you can't even pull yourself out of the difficult situation. is so profoundly compromised that he cannot extricate himself from his circumstances. We'll say, sometimes in life, you can navigate the way out of your problems, and sometimes you can't. And sometimes in life, it takes incredible courage to be able to say, I can't figure this out. I don't have a solution for this. And I need someone else who's a Ben Chorin, right? I need someone else who's not struggling with the same things I'm struggling with to help me find a pathway out. An incredible Yisod. El Amar Av Nachman, Af Yatsmein Amotzi, Shav Nachman says, Chatzi Yavid B'Chatzi Ben Chorin. Not only can he not go ahead and be motzi others, he can't even be motzi himself. Taina Machabaisa supports this. Misha Chatzi Ben Chorin, Af Yatsmo Ein Amotzi. Rabbi said that is indeed how the Rambam passes. That's how Ochel Amaisa. Chatzi Yavid Chatzi Ben Chorin cannot be motzi others and cannot even be motzi himself. Tani Ava B'Rab Zira. We'll say, so now that we're on this topic of being motzi other people, listen to this. So, we'll say, in general, in general, by brachas, by brachas, even if you're yotze, you can make a bracha again in order to be motzi someone else, in order to discharge someone else's obligation. Look at Rashi. Because Rabbi it says Rashi so beautifully. Because all of Klal Yisrael Arevin Zebazeh. So we'll say there's an interesting discussion. Two different Gersos. There's Arevin Zebazeh and Arevin Zelazeh. And they mean two different things. I mean, it's the same concept. Arev, Rashi over here quotes Arevin Zebazeh. It's from a Lushan of Ta'aroves. A Lushan of a mixture. A mixture. Right? Kalis Arevin Zebazeh. We are all mixed together. And therefore, again, we're all part of the same unit. Which means... That if I have fulfilled my obligation, but you have not yet fulfilled your obligation, my obligation is still deficient as well. And therefore, I have the ability to go ahead and make a bracha for you to allow you to discharge your obligation. The girs that says, Kalisal Arevin Ze Loze, is some notion of Arvos, a guarantor. We are each the guarantor for one another. What does the, what's the job of the guarantor? In the event that the borrower cannot make good on his pledge, the guarantor steps in. If there's a yid who needs something, needs to fulfill a mitzvah, I am his guarantor and can step in. It's so beautiful. So the, however, so there's an exception. There's chutz, mibirkas halechem, ubirkas hayayin. With the exception of hamotzi and hagafen, she'im lo yotza motzi, vim eno yotza, vim yotza eno motzi. Where again, if I have not yet discharged my obligation, I can be motzi someone else. But if I already discharged my obligation, then I can't be motzi someone else. So we'll say, what does this mean? So what the Gemara over here, what, what Ava B'Rei Zerah is making the section is as follows. There's zero between what we call the birchas hamitzvah, and a birchas hadnanin. Birchas hamitzvah kishmo keinu is a bracha you make over a mitzvah. In a birchas hamitzvah, even if I have already discharged my obligation, I can make the bracha again in order to be motzi you. In birchas hadnanin, which are brachos just over pleasure, if I have not yet made my bracha, I can include you in my bracha. But if I've already made my bracha, I cannot make another bracha to be motzi you. So, for example, for example. It's a Sunday, and I'm making hamotzi. 
I'm making a motzi. Could I be motzi you? Could I discharge obligation with my hamotzi? What's the answer? Sure. It depends. What does it depend on? If I'm making hamotzi for myself, I'm sitting down to eat, and you want to be yotze with my bracha, I could have you in mind. But if you're coming over to my house for dinner, and I already made hamotzi, I already made hamotzi, and you didn't make hamotzi, I can't make now a second hamotzi to be motzi you. Because that's a berchas hanenin. Same idea, right? Wine, everything. What happens, however, again, to use the same example of, let's say, Kiddush, right? Kiddush, remember, again, we'll discuss this, but the Hagafen of Kiddush is a Berchas mitzvah. So if you go ahead and I made Kiddush for myself, I made Kiddush for myself, and then what happened? And then what happened? So then someone came to my house. Can I make Kiddush again for that person? Absolutely. Why? Because that's a Berchas mitzvah. So for a Berchas mitzvah, even if I discharge my obligation, it's happened to me on Shabbos. I make Kiddush five times. Shabbos morning. My wife pointed out to me no one else was new around, but okay, that was a different discussion. So, 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 so interestingly enough, so, so that's the Gemara saying over here. So halacha lemaisa, for a mitzvah, you could be moti someone else even if you were already yotze. For what we'll call a Berchas hanen, just a stam bracha. And by the way, Rashi points out over here, Rashi says, the Gemara's use of hamotzi and hagafen for birchas hanen is, is not specific. In other words, ushar birchas peros for echani she'enon chova. These are non-obligatory brachos. It's just that what? Elish she'asr lehanos mina olam azeh below bracha. Ubazu ein kan arvos. See, I will say, this is incredible. The din of arvos, the din of mutual responsibility that allows him to be moti someone else only applies when? When? When there's an obligation. When there's a chova. If there's no obligation, I will say, now remember, I have an obligation to make a bracha before I eat because I'm not permitted to go ahead and partake of the world without a bracha. But I'm not obligated to what? Eat to begin with. I remind myself this all the time, right? I'm not obligated to eat, right? I don't have to. See the distinction? The din of arvos the din of mutual responsibility, which allows me to discharge someone else's obligation, is only in a case of a mitzvah, of an obligation, but of what we call a rishos, regular everyday consumption. Everyday consumption, right, or everyday pleasure, hano, is not an obligation, and therefore I cannot discharge someone else's obligation with my bracha. So by Rava, Rava raised the kasha, Amadeiz, Birchas Halechem Shalmatah, Shabbos says, ah, so now we come, I gave it away a little bit. So the Gemara says, now we'll say, listen to this Shaila. <coughs> so Rav asks, one second, what happens when worlds collide? <coughs> Excuse me. What happens when worlds collide and you have a bracha of a mitzvah that is also a, what we call a berchas hanen. And for example, the hamotzi of matzah or the hagafen of kiddush. Can I go ahead and be motzi someone? See, I'll give you an example. Like the typical example would be l'shmoa uh, kol shofar, right? Or al mikra megillah. So those are clearly berchos hamitzvah. So what we just learned that Allah So even if I blew the shofar, now I'm going to blow for someone else. I can make the bracha for them and be motzi them. Okay, whether they should make their own bracha is a whole discussion, right? I read the Megillah in Shul. I'm not going to read the Megillah for someone else. I, I'm allowed to make the bracha for them again. That's a pure birchas hamitzvah. Lahadlik ner shal It's kisle. I can be motzi someone else with my bracha. What about halacha lamaisa, where the birchas hamitzvah is a bracha over a food item? Bore priyagafen by kiddush. Hamotzi lechem in by 
he says by matzah, I want to say lechem mishnah because it's michas chaver, right? Right? By by matzah, what's the halacha in those cases? Mau kevan dechava who matbek. Do we say that since these brachos are part of a mitzvah, therefore again I can discharge someone else's obligation with my recitation? Odima bracha lav chovahi. Or maybe Rabbi will say, remember again, this is very interesting. What happens if you don't have wine? Do you still make Yiddish? Absolutely. Absolutely. What happens if now, again, matzah not, right? Matzah not. You're not going to make, obviously, Allah, you matzah without matzah. So the Gemara says, so, so do we say, Odima bracha lav chovahi, tashma, da'am rabashi, ki adina berach papa, listen to this. Listen to this. So, so Ravashi says, when we were at the house of Rav Papa, so he used to make Kiddush for us. He used to make Kiddush for us. When his sharecroppers would come in, so the sharecroppers were often working like right until Shabbos started. So they would come to the Suda a little bit late. The Jewish sharecroppers, Rav Ashi, excuse me, Rav Papi, would make Kiddush for them again. Which I will say, by the way, is two very interesting halachas. Number one, you see over here that in the house of Rav Papi, one person was making Kiddush. Rav Papi is very important. You know, there are different minhagim by Kiddush, and some, some mishpachos do have the minhag that different people make Kiddush. But really, in it is better to have one person recite Kiddush for everyone. That is the concept of Berov Am Hadras Melech. That this, the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is better served when everyone, again, person has a family minhag to the contrary, keep your family minhag. But Lamaisi says, even from over here, that everybody's at Rav Papi's home, Rav Papi made one Kiddush. There was one Kiddush. And not only that, when the sharecroppers came in late, he made Kiddush for them again. So you see clearly from this story that what? That the Borei Priyagafen of Kiddush doesn't really have the din of a Birchaus Hanen. Right? It doesn't have like a regular like din of, of a regular brach over pleasure like it does over the week. But rather, again, the Borei Priyagafen of Kiddush is transformed into a birchas mitzvah, and therefore halacha lemaisa, you could discharge someone else's obligation with it. So we'll say a person should not go ahead. Now, lo yifros adam prusa le'archin means over here, look at Rashi. Lo yifros, last Rashi. Birchas hamotzi kida amran la'el, she'ina chova le'em, v'lo yochlu v'lo yibarchu. So we'll say, so a person, if let's say people are at my home, not Shabbos, people are at my home, I shouldn't make hamotzi for my guests. Lo yifros, lo yifros, lo yifros adam prusa le'archin, ele imkin ochel imohen. Unless, of course, we're all eating together. But what I can do is, I can go ahead and make a bracha for the members of my household in order to go ahead and what? In order to train them in doing mitzvahs. Even if I've already been yotze, I have the ability to go ahead and make a bracha again in order to be motzi others. So, say, so again, what the, what the Gemara is teaching over here is as follows. I just want to point out, technically speaking, you can have a situation where even during the week, if people are koveya su'uda together, if they're having a meal together, one person could make hamotzi and be motzi everyone else. It's the same idea if people are drinking wine together as a chabura, one person can make hagafen and be motzi everyone else. We're generally not knowing that way, except on Shabbos and on Yom Tov. So for our general approach in halacha, is the only time you could be motzi someone else in a bracha is when it's called a birchas hamitzvah, when there is an obligation. Now the unique part about Shabbos and Yom Tiv is that even brachas like hagafen 
and Hamotzi are transformed into Birchos HaMitzvah. So that's why I can be Motzi someone in Kiddush on Shabbos, even if what? Even if what? Even if I already made Kiddush four times, right? Even if I already made Kiddush multiple times, I could still be Motzi someone else. Same thing with Hamotzi. Now, both say, now by Hamotzi, we don't generally do this, right? By, 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 birchas, by birchas Hamotzi, whether by Lecha Mishnah or by Matzah, you wouldn't make Hamotzi again to be Motzi someone else. See, by Kiddush, if someone comes late to the Suda and I want to make Kiddush again for them, I could do that. I wouldn't make Hamotzi again to be Motzi someone else. But if everyone's sitting at the table with me, they could be Yotzi my Lecha Mishnah. They could be Yotzi, technically speaking, my Alachilas Matzah. Because again, on Shabbos and Yom Tov, these brachos are transformed into Birchos HaMitzvah. But during the week, you really would not be motzi someone else in Birchos HaNen. There's an exception, ultimately, if you want to train your children in mitzvahs. Parent wants to train their children in mitzvahs. You can go out and make brachas with your children, be motzi your children. But in it does by Birchos HaNen, and everybody makes their own. Hadjur Allah, Ru'u Beis. Rabosai, Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. Yom Tov, Shalashan Shalios, Bishabes, Rabosai, it's an incredible Gemaras ahead of us. Yom Tov Shara Shashan Shalios Bishabis. If Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, what's that law? But Mikdash Hayu Tokin, Avalobe Medina. They would blow shofar in the base of Mikdash, but not outside of the base of Mikdash. Now, both say, Rashi says, Avalobe Medina means, Lobi Rushai, Velobi Gvulin. We're going to see this a little bit of Machlokas in the Rishonim, but we're just going to go with Rashi's Bishat right now. That when Rosh Hashanah fell out on Shabbos, the only place they would blow shofar, would be in the base Hamikdash itself, literally in the base Hamikdash, but outside of the base Hamikdash. Even in Yerushalayim, they would not blow shofar. Mishachara base Hamikdash, when the base Hamikdash was destroyed, Hiskin Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yochanan was Rabbi Yochanan. We're going to learn a lot about Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Mamish saved Klal Yisrael. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai instituted Shutokin b'Chomakom Shiyesh b'Beizdin. He instituted a very interesting practice that you could blow shofar wherever there is a based in Kavua, right? Wherever there is a real, a real setup, a real um, organized based in, you could blow shofar there. You could blow shofar there. And therefore, again, she took him home, she's blow based in. Amar Rabbi, Amar Rabbi Lazar, lo hitzim yochanam ben zakai, ela biyavne bilvod. So we'll say a little of historical machlok. So Rabbi Lazar says, no, Rabbi Yochanan ben zakai only allowed for the blowing of shofar in Yavne. Rabbi Lazar said, what was in Yavne? What was in Yavne? The Sanhedrin. Remember again, Rashi points out there, El Biyavna, Shahai Sasham Sanhedrin Gidola, Biyamov, the Chimbachom Makom Shagolsa Sanhedrin, about Loba Basin Shal Esrim Ushlosha. So Rabbi Lazar says, no, Rabbi Yochanan and Zachary only said that wherever this Sanhedrin is, that's where you could blow shofar even on Shabbos. So therefore, both sides, remember the Sanhedrin was exiled to a variety of different places, Usha, Yavna. So Rabbi Lazar says, Rabbi Yochanan only allowed you to blow shofar on Shabbos in the presence of the 71-member Sanhedrin. But even if you have a 23-member court that's established, you cannot blow shofar there on Shabbos. So it says the Gemara, Amrulo, they said, Rabbi Lazar, Echad Yavna, Ve'echad Komokom Shiyesh Bobez. The natural Rabbi you're wrong. Rather, again, Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai allowed you to blow shofar. Now, both said, now I want to point out, it's clear from the Mishnah, you can't blow the shofar just with any basin, meaning you need at least a 20, it sounds like you need at least a 23-member basin. You need still a significant basin. And I will say, furthermore, again, Yerushalayim, when the Sanhedrin was in Yerushalayim, there was an additional benefit over Yavna. Shekol ir shehi roa v'shoma'as v'krova v'yecholo lova token. 
was very interesting. When the Sanhedrin was in Yerushalayim, any, any city, any city that was either, again, able to see Yerushalayim, really means the base of Yerushalayim, the Sanhedrin, right, and was able to see it, heard the shofar from where they were, Krova was close physical proximity and could come mm-hmm. level. Again, we'll discuss all of these criteria, would also blow on Shabbos. But by Yavne, it was only in Yavne itself that they were able to blow on Shabbos. So we'll say, let's analyze. So we'll say, before we get into the specifics, the Gemara clearly is operating with the principle that's what? You can't blow shofar on Shabbos. Menhani Mili. Why not? Where, where, where do you know that we don't blow shofar on Shabbos? Amr Rabbi Levi Baralachma, Amr Rabbi Charan Bachanina, Kasuv Echad Omer Shabbason Zichron Shua. One Pasik says Shabbason, they have Shabbos, a remembrance, to the, a remembrance of the Shua. Shabbason Zichron Shua. The Kasuv Echad Omer Yom Terua Yiyalachem. And the other Pasik says Yom Terua. So we'll see here what's happening over here. One Pasik says Zichron Shua, a remembrance of the Shua. And one Pasik says Yom Teruah. So which one is it? Which one is it? To which the Gemara says, Lokashia, can be Yom Tov Shechal Yos B'Shabbos, can be Yom Tov Shechal Yos B'Chol. They will say, when Rosh Hashanah falls out on a weekday, then what? It's Yom Teruah. When it falls out on Shabbos, it is Zichron Teruah. Zichron Teruah means, we remember the Tkiyas, but what? We don't blow them. We don't blow them. To which the Gemara says, one second, Amar Rava, Imidar Aisai, B'Mikdash Hechi Takinon, but one second. If it's Asimidaraisa to blow the shofar on Shabbos, then how can you do it in the base Hamikdash? But say, remember again, in the base Hamikdash, what doesn't apply? What doesn't apply? Shavusin, right? Rabbinic law. But biblical law, the truth is, it's true. Certain elements of biblical law, for example, you're allowed to shech kabanos, right? Shechita and Isidaraisa. So that's in the Torah, it says you're supposed to do it. But in general, biblical law applies in the base Hamikdash. So now if you're telling me that it's Asimidaraisa to blow shofar, on Shabbos, how can you blow in the Mikdash? Furthermore, I will say, blowing shofar is not a malacha. Blowing shofar is not a malacha. Now, what does that mean? Listen to this. This son of the Tanah Rebbe Yishmael. Listen to this. Because again, Tanah Rebbe Yishmael said, Komeleches avodah lo sasu. I will say, in Shabbos, what are you not allowed to do? You can't do meleches avodah. So what does that come to exclude? So the Gemara says, shofar. This comes to exclude blowing of the shofar. Or apas. So we'll say, interestingly enough, apas means the removal of bread from the oven. That these things, these are considered to be wisdom, but not malacha. See, I will say, the definition of malacha is a dynamic, constructive act. A dynamic, constructive act that the truth is really somehow alters physical reality. The blowing of the shofar, and, and blowing of the shofar is not a malacha. What is it? It's chachma. And it's chachma. You, you have to know what you're doing. But it's, right, because we'll say, what do, you, what do you create when you blow the shofar? What do you create? Right? Sound, which means you're creating what? Nothing. You're creating nothing. Malacha, by definition, means the creation of something substantive and tangible. Similarly, the removal of bread from the oven. That's kind of what I say. It's interesting. Remember, when they're talking about making bread, how are you making bread, right? You're, you're, you're sticking it on the side of the oven, on the floor of the other side of the oven. So to get that out in one piece was a chachma. But it's not a malacha. It's not a malacha. So if, if, if going ahead and blowing shofar is not a malacha, then why should it be asr midaraisa? So the Gemara says, Amarava, here we go. Here we go. Midaraisa, Mishra Shari. You're right. In reality, Blowing shofar is mutter on Shabbos, midar 
Oh, but say here we go for Rabbanon who the Gazer be kid Rabba, famous Gezeira de Rabba, Dom Rabba, Hakolcha Yavim b'Tkiyah Shofar, Avina Kol b'Kim b'Tkiyah Shofar, because Rabba says Rabba says everyone is obligated in Shofar. What's the problem? What's the problem? Everyone's obligated, but what? Most people don't know really how to blow Shofar. Rabba say, remember again, Tkiyah Shofar is not just about belting out sounds, right? There's very specific sounds to be sounded in very specific ways for very specific amounts of time. There is an incredible amount of halacha that goes into knowing how to blow tekiah shofar. Anyone could produce sound from a ram's horn, but how to produce halachically valid sounds, most people do not know how to do. What's the concern? Gezeira shema yitlena biyado, theyelech eitzel habaki lilmod, theyavirenu dalet amos birshos harabim. Wow. So I've said the Gemara says like this, you're right. I mean, biblically, Midaraisa, can you blow Shofar and Rosh Hashanah? The answer is yes. Because yes. Shofar is not Malacha. Shofar is Chachma. I so why is it Asr on Shabbos? Gezer de Rabbah. Out of the concern of carrying. That's the concern. That you may come to inadvertently come to carry your Shofar on Shabbos. And you may come to carry it more than Dalaramis in a public domain. Why are you carrying it? Why are you carrying it? To take it to someone who knows what they're doing. And I'm taking it to the Baal And I make, in the, in, the, in the pursuit of trying to perform a mitzvah, I may end up going in and transgressing a malacha. So I say, this is what's called the Gzeira de Rabbah. The Gzeira of Rabbah, the Gemara says, Vahainu taima de Megillah. And it's the same reason why we don't read Megillah on Shabbos. Same idea. Because most people are not proficient in reading Megillah. The concern is if I have to read Megillah on Shabbos, I may come to transport the scroll. I may come to transport the, transport the scroll. Ultimately, again, Dalit Amis in order to go ahead and take it to a Chacham to read it. So therefore, I both say, now it makes sense. Therefore, in the base Hamikdash, they went ahead and they blew Shofar on Rosh Hashanah. Why? Why? Because it's an Isr Dirabbanon. And Dirabbanons do not apply in the Mikdash. Sa'aloch Lamaisa, they blew it in the base Hamikdash, but you can't blow outside of the base Hamikdash. Also, we'll just do two more lines. Then we'll stop. So we'll say, now remember the Mishnah said, when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai instituted that you should blow shofar in any place where they have a based in. Any place where they have a formal based in. Tan Rabbah Rabbah said, get ready, for, this is an incredible Maisa. Tan Rabbah One time, and Rabbah said, this story is taking place after the Churban Beis HaMikdash. This is such an incredible story. The Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, and what happened? So Rosh Hashanah fell out on Shabbos. Vayukala Wisconsin. and what happens? Everybody was gathering. Well, says, in other words, all the all the all the locales around Yavna. So the Sanhedrin, the High Court, is in Yavna, right? All of the surrounding cities gathered on Yavna on Rosh Hashanah that fell out on Shabbos. Okay, now watch the story. Get ready for this. I want to, is there enough build-up for this? Enough build-up? You feel the tension? So it says the Gemara, Amr Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai le B'nei B'seira, Niska, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai said to B'nei B'seira, we have to blow Shofar. Rabbi say, B'nei B'seira, the sons of B'seira, were the heads of the Jewish people, Rashi B'nei B'seira, Gedoli Hadar Hayu. They were the Gedoli Hadar. So Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says, okay, everyone's here, gathered, gathered, we have to blow Shofar. Niska, Amr Lahem Nidom. B'nei B'seira said, not so fast. Not so fast. Let's go ahead. Rashi says, Nidon, Imyesh Ligzor Af Bemakom Bezin Shema Yitlenu. So Bnei Basira said, Rabbi Yochaman Zakai, calm down. Let, let's analyze this sugi a little bit. I just want to point out this, they say the Marshall brings down that this is after the Chorba, after the Beis Amitish was destroyed. 
everyone is gathered in Yavne to hear the shofar. Remember, I said the same Hevra, probably just a few years earlier, was gathered in the Beis Hamikdash and heard heard shofar in the Beis Hamikdash. So everybody is coming to Yavne to hear the to hear the shofar. Rabbi Yochanan Zakai says, "Blow the shofar." B'nai B'Seirah say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's let's talk about this, right? Let's dash, let's have a shir, let's have a charus. We have to hear about it." So listen to this. Rabbi Yochanan Niska ve'achakach nadon. So so Rabbi Yochanan Zakai says, "You know, I'll make you a deal. Let's blow the shofar first." And then we'll talk about it afterwards, right? Well, and then we'll analyze afterwards. Let's blow now, we'll analyze afterwards. So for some reason, B'nai B'Seirah agreed to this. Because remember, after all, Rabbi o- true, B'nai B'Seirah agreed to Hadar, so is Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Zakai. So Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Zakai says, blow the shofar. They, but he promised them, we'll blow first, and then I promise we'll analyze the sugi afterwards. So after, ultimately, they blew the shofar, they, so they agreed to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zaka. After this, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zaka said, "Okay, let's sit down. Let's talk out the sugya." Amr Lahem, I'm so sorry. Kevan Nishma Karen Biyavne Ve'in Meshivin La'achar Ma'isa. Right, Kevan Shamu Karen Biyavne. They already blew the shofar in Yavne. Once you did it already, you established precedent, and once you establish precedent, there is no longer anything to discuss. Rashi says, "Ve'in Meshivin La'achar Ma'isa." Kinaihu Shenotsi last Tomas Mendo. Tribuchal Mazak said, What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? We're gonna analyze it now and we're gonna say, Oh, we paskin that we don't pull the shofar in Yavna. You just pull the shofar in Yavna. So it's a foregone conclusion now. It's with the boss said, What's happening over here? What's happening over here? So you have to understand who Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakai was. Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakai was the man who had to pick up the pieces in the aftermath of the Khurban bias. He had to pick up the pieces of Cloud Israel. Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakai is the one who is responsible for the takonos of what we call Zechah the Khurban and Zechah the Mikdash. Zechah the Khurban are the practices that get us to remember that which we have lost. Zechah the Mikdash are the practices to get us to anticipatorily pine for the bias shlishi. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai is sitting here in Yavne and he sees the Jews gathered. And who's gathered in Yavne? Who's gathered in Yavne? All the Jews who lived through Khurban, all the Jews who lost family members, all the Jews who saw the Beis Hamikdash go up in flames, and they're gathered for one thing, and that's what? Blow the shofar in Yavna and Rosh Hashanah on Shabbos. Show us that there's a future. Show us that there's hope. Recreate the practices in the Mikdash. And B'nai Meir says, let's talk about it. And Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai says, there's a time to talk, and there's a time to act. There's a time to discuss, and there's a time to do. And now, when Kalal Yisrael is in such existential danger, now, when things are so difficult, now when people are so tzibrachen, they're so broken, now is the time to act. Now is the time to lift the spirits. Now is the time to move the people forward. So does he employ a little bit of subterfuge? Yes. Absolutely. Because sometimes difficult times require, it's just passing, Yaakov Avinu did it also. Sometimes difficult times require you to go out of your comfort zone a little bit. Fine, we'll talk. We'll talk. I promise we'll talk. Do this all the time. Yeah, we'll talk. For sure, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it afterwards, right? Right? We'll talk about it. I promise, right? So do it. And then I want this done. There's not that much to talk about. Shabbat says, such an incredible Musr has skill in life. There are times to talk. And there are times to deliberate. And there are times to ponder. And there are times to hear other points of view. And there are times to take into account other opinions. And then there are times to just yes everyone and move forward. 
Because at the end of the day, sometimes things in life just need to get done. And not everything can be done by consensus. And not everything can necessarily have broad buy-in. But sometimes if something needs to get done, you have to stop perseverating and deliberating and just have to act. Now again, there are times in life where you have to deliberate and there are times in life where you have to discuss and there are times in life where you have to try to onboard mass support. Knowing when to employ which model in life requires an incredible amount of pikchus, an incredible amount of life wisdom. There's a time to onboard, deliberate, and discuss, and then there's a time to act decisively. We'll stop here. Great to continue tomorrow. Incredible game ahead of us the next week. You know, after the show in Chicago, I guess some parts of the Midwest, they had the traditional movement, that, that those type of shuls, even some good earlier, I don't let them have that. I was thinking this, that it was after the show, and I did it well to keep Jews, Jews. Right, right. I wonder, like, what this one's right. Be well, right. Have a safe trip, Mark. Right, Say some Michelle. Say some Michelle. Enjoy. Uh, All right. Yeah. What, what sometimes. Were, what, what gave them? You know, what what had their ones there that they could have such a, a minyana? Yeah. 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 Sometimes you just have to salvage what you can salvage. You know? Very true. Very true. Good morning. Ah, uh, thank you. Thing, um, with the chauffeur, the Kavana, comes up with the, all the time with Shabbos kids.